Hey folks, this is Matt from itechthefoream.com. And with him always is Sean from toolingaround.com. And together, by our powers combined, we make I Tech Therefore I Tool Around the podcast. In our inaugural episode, we want to dig into some of the technological landscapes around certifications. As two ambitious 20-somethings, we're looking to break into new domains, especially as they arise around virtualization and cloud computing. We want to know what's worth their time, what's worth studying up for. To cert or not to cert, that is the question. Yep, Shakespeare is rolling in his grave along with Descartes right there. Where does Descartes fit in? I tech, therefore I am. I'm very sure he didn't use those exact words. <laughs> well, no shit, that's the point. Oh. <laughs> Irony is lost on you, sir. That's not even ironic. Anyway, what what we're trying to decipher is whether or not it's worth it for entry-level... Uh, entry levels are a tough term. I, I want to say people starting out their career in the technical industry, whether it's worth their time to be studying up for a certification. And if so, what certifications? What's worth your time? There's plenty to choose from. There's lots of tracks. There's lots of different styles. It's, it's a baffling question. Well, I mean, certs is big now because... What I'm finding now, you're submitting your resume online and you've got a computer tearing it apart. So they're just looking for common keywords and stuff like that. So it'll pull down all your different little certifications and, and just kind of rank it there. And so you may have five or six that'll show up or whatever as opposed to someone who has two and the computer will give that a weight, I've found. Okay, so that's the sort of technical pissing contest if you're being parsed by electronic purposes. But what about the fact that I only have the job I'm in right now because I knew somebody that introduced me to somebody that got a good vibe for me, and then I proved that I had the technological background that they needed. But primarily, it's still a people-to-people -people skills, and you're not going to find anything unless you have an immaculate resume, just something that stands out like VCDX, CCIE, the whole shebang off the bat, which is really not practical to somebody in our position. Yeah, well, when you get to that, you know level, your, your higher-end certs will separate you from the rest of the class. I mean, you're going to be, you know, you're going to have a couple of high-end certs which are going to be expected of you, um, but your I feel that your work experience is going to speak almost just as loudly, and that the cert may, necessar may not necessarily um, accurately reflect you, um, which is why you need some of those higher-end ones that no one else uses. I mean, yeah. if everyone else has just your standard entry level, um, it, it's almost the same way with college now, where master's is the new bachelor's. Oof. Yeah, that's a tough one. The thing that gets me uh, hiring... No, like... I... There's a great example. I was at work, and I just had to ask a quick zoning syntax thing on a Cisco router, and I know... A friend of mine has CCNA, so I asked him a pretty damn basic question on Cisco routers, and he's like, oh, I don't remember. I'm like, damn it, you, I, it builds up an expectation to have a certification. So unless you're practicing those skills on a regular basis, I feel like it's just fluff. Yeah, I feel that the date you earned the cert is almost as important as the cert, which is why I list when I took it. So if it says that I got the cert three years ago, expect that it's been three years since I've done anything with it. Ooh, then, then why spend all this time to learn it? 
for, for why spend the time to get a certification? Why don't you just focus on getting practical implementation knowledge? Well, because the cert expects you to have a, a very well-rounded, I feel that as I go over time, I'm going to retain a good chunk of it. Okay. But what it will also do is bring back my experience to know how to find the answer. By having the cert, I means I also know where to go to get the answer if I don't know it off the top of my head. Hmm. Yeah, it's an important skill. It's it's about knowing where to look for knowledge, not so much as what you have when you come to the table. I'm sure there are plenty of people that would disagree with that notion. But I I feel like I have an entire degree on googling rather than computer science as a hands-on skill. Yeah, but you know, using Google is fine and all, but. Using it effectively, you know, if you have that basic knowledge, you know what the terms are that will be used in the documentation and marketing terms because you've seen that all before, as opposed to someone who doesn't know what they're looking for, and you can turn, you know, a four-hour search for knowledge into five minutes. Okay, so where do we start? There are a handful of ones, full admission here. Sean and I both work for EMC, so we get a handful of technical knowledge for free, and we sure as hell take advantage of that. So, I mean, we both have our proven professional, we both have our, our NAS specialists, but are, are those ones that if you don't work at EMC and you have to spend a good chunk of money for them, do we want to be going for those, or do you want to be going for VCP, or for CCNA? What, what's, what are the options? Well, I mean, for EMC, if you want to continue down the EMC cert path, and if you're going to become a storage admin and you're looking for a job with a you know someone who uses EMC hardware, it's probably good to have at least one or two. It used to be that you, there was just one cert that you had to get, your initial proven professional, um, which used to be um, the EMC Technology Foundations, and now they've called it ISM. Yeah. Uh, however, a recent developments now is there is a second basic cert that you can take instead that is all about the cloud. Oh, uh, so you don't there. have to be a hardware-specific guy to be able to get your basic EMC cert, and then you can start going for your specialists. Yeah, I took a practice of that online just for the hell of it, and it looks pretty interesting. I've got the, the ILT behind you, the video log of it, that just goes over, notices a lot of VMware in there, a lot of things about virtualization, because virtualization is really the heart of cloud computing. Not to mention that VMware is a significant partner partner or well we don't own the them fully so technically it is a partner oh. we just kind of tell them they have to be a partner <laughs> that's nice it's like, like it or love it it's like uh we're friends because we have handcuffs on <laughs> <laughs> but you know that actually brings up something that uh, i wanted to talk about as well is uh, when you're going through these um how well do you find that the video ilt stuff works I've always found that if I don't have an instructor that I can sit there and ask questions of as I'm going along, then I'm going to get hung up on something I'm not understanding, and I'm going to get lost, and the rest of it is just going to go down the tube. It's a valid point. The paradigm of computer-based training where you're just being hit with a video, it's not the most effective. It doesn't do it for me as well as being face-to-face -face with a colleague and just... 15 minutes with an expert will do me more than three days of online training. That's without a doubt. But that's not always an option. And in my free time at 10 o'clock at night on weekdays, I might pop that in, watch a few sections of it, and just try to process things that they're not 
technically deep. It's more just concepts and finding the right terminology for it. So the fact that it, it is introductory for the most part and just kind of framing the cloud computing paradigm that EMC wants to draw a landscape of, it it works for me. It, it's better than not having it. Well, it works for a lot of people. TrainSignal has built their entire business around this model. They don't offer any you know, actual instructor-led courses. It's all someone has gone and made you know videos and PowerPoint presentations and for the most part these are good enough to um, you know use as a study guide um, for certification have you uh, used have you used train signal yourself uh, I looked through the uh, VMware one for the VCP mm -hmm. um, and it was very good uh, but it didn't seem too different than the information I already had from going to the instructor course mm, okay. um, and the books. Yeah. But I did not think that it in itself in it of itself prepared me for the exam. Right. I don't think that's gonna happen with the VCP. It's a very implementation focused right. one. Uh, another one just off the topic of just deep diving in storage, there's one I found online called teamtreehouse.com that offers a lot of hands-on and really the best kind of online training I've seen. That is somebody engaging with you, very enthusiastic, and showing you how to do HTML5 coding, JavaScript coding. Uh, they even have some newer things on Node.js and, and other NoSQL-based systems that might be of interest to those trying to break into more cloud computing platforms. But um, really, what gets me about it is very personal, very excited people, and that's something that can be easily lost through online trainings. The excitement, like the enthusiasm of learning something new. Well, so then that brings up another good point here, is how important is it to have a cert in the newest technology? Uh, we can look at VMware, for example. Uh, I just got my VCP4, and two weeks later, VCP five is announced. Yep. Is now my VCP four, you know, not worth it anymore? I, I heard the opposite. Actually, I heard people rushing to get their VCP four before VCP five came out because they wanted to have that on their resume. Especially that that's going to be a valuable part of your resume, especially in projects that are going to be moving. You know, three to six to twelve months, moving from ESX. I4 to ESXi5. You keep saying that Masters is the new Bachelors. Can you try to justify that? Well, because everyone's doing it now. When I was going through college myself, almost everyone I knew was on a Masters track. And in fact, a good third of the graduating class was going on to do a Masters just at that same school let alone the ones that are going on to do it somewhere else. What value did they get out of that, though? Cause it, here's, it's because here's my, well, they before, made it... A <laughs> before you dive into that, what really just makes it not matter to me that they're getting a master's right after graduating with their bachelor's is because they don't know anybody yet. What, what on-site experience do they have, and what job are they going for? Yeah, if you want to be a programmer for your entire life and you have a master's in programming rather than just a bachelor's in programming... Awesome. Yeah, you're probably going to get a programming job. Engineering as well. Yeah, but what do you mean? What kind of engineering? What kind well, of architecture? Remember, what I, are came, you doing? I came from electrical engineering, okay, okay. with a hardware background, um, along with a friend of mine. She basically was offered 
um, a master's program that only added one year to college for her. Sure. These programs here, the, these five-year master programs versus a four-year bachelor, what's one extra year? A lot of these people so can do, do it. it. Why didn't you do it? I wanted to be done and out. I'd so already been was... in college for seven years. <laughs> That's a different story altogether. That's a different story altogether. <laughs> Why? Well, okay. If I was thing. doing the standard track, you know, right into college at 18, master's by the age of 22, 23... Not exactly that bad an idea. Not a bad idea. But at all, now, but since everyone's thinking that, there's so many more people with masters. The value of a bachelor's degree has gone down. With the va- with bachelor degrees being offered almost everywhere, you know, to the point where you can get it through the University of Phoenix. It's all about what you're after, though. So I don't care. The jobs that you're going to get the upper hand because you have a master's are not going to be the ones that I'm after. I'm looking for something that is engaging at a system architecture standpoint. And yeah, you can have a master's in computer science or a master's in electrical engineering. It's not gonna do a damn thing for you when our resumes are being compared to somebody that I've been working with for three years or you've been working on more education for for the last couple of years. Well, sure, knowing who you know is always gonna give you uh, an advantage. Well, that's a matter But we're talking about you know, dumping your farm, your farm, dumping your res, <laughs> your resume into a resume. Get off farm a farm bill and focus on the podcast. What are you talking about? Dumping. If what? you if your resume is going into a resume farm, it's being sorted by a computer. Knowing who you know um, is going to help. You know them deep dive to pull it out from there. You know because you can say, hey. You know, I put my resume in, but here's a copy of it as well. well you we're, know, we're working on a completely different argument now. So we're talking about how do we get chosen to be looked at in the first place. So, are you looking? Mm, no, that's leading. I... Well, there's two schools of thought on it. There's the one where you don't know anyone and you're applying blind for a job. Okay. Okay, and it's how you make how you make yourself look good for that scenario. Versus one where, say, you're working internally and looking to further your career inside the same organization or with people that you have made bonds with at other organizations. Interesting. At that point, they know you. They don't necessarily, you know, a resume is almost just a formality. Sure. What about, are we ever unknown? You and I are both pretty loud-mouthed on Twitter, to say the least. You are, I know what bathrooms you use because of your Foursquare activity. How unknown are we to these people? Like, do they even need a resume these days? I can just send you an about.me page with links to blogs and thoughts and probably compromising pictures from college. And is that what I'm being judged on? Or is a resume even wrong? Well, that gets your foot in the door. A resume is always going to be needed for someone who doesn't know you. Just because, unless you're going to go work right directly beneath. The person that you know, in which case mm. that person is the hiring manager, chances are the person you know you is someone who's on a team. Yeah. You've got to then make yourself good for the recruiter that has to rubber stamp you um, or the, the hiring manager. Yeah. Uh, I see a lot of people that keep you know posting online, hey, you know, you're looking to join the team, we're hiring in this area, send me your resume. He's not the hiring manager. A, he's looking for the referral bonus. B, he's going to pass him it on to usually the recruiter because he can't pass it on directly to a hiring manager. If he or she can, um, 
then you know you, at that point your paper resume is definitely a formality but is also required uh, so they have something sure. to basically ask you about during the interview yeah you need empirical okay. empirical references so that you're not just bypassing the system I get that alright so let's let's think about this and let's get back on subject when it comes to certifications so you have your VCP I do not how does that make you feel Words, words can't express it, Sean. Yeah. How about, I, how about a loud, annoying fan? Can that express it? Uh, I hope. Maybe that can. Maybe that can no. fix it. No. How <laughs> a loud, annoying fan? Referencing my not so successful lab set. Tune into our second podcast where we dissect what the hell Matt bought. Ah, oh. Sean. Okay, you you can have the technical certs. I'll just have people skills. There you go. <laughs> Anyway, back on subject matter. So, we both go for a virtualization job. From what I'm understanding of our argument, we are saying that you would have the upper hand in a blind study where somebody is just parsing resumes through some sort of process. But in something where we it's based off our social network, I may have an upper hand. To sure. Um, are you applying for a position in social media? No. Okay. Why? So social media will be a great way of connecting, finding out positions that aren't otherwise advertised. I don't follow. Well, you know, certs in and of itself is just a good way to build up a set of knowledge, I find. You know, okay. it, it, a lot of these, some of these are very easy. You know, you look at a lot of, there's a very, a lot of basic Microsoft certs that you can pretty much study for in an hour, take an exam and pass it. There's a lot of other certs that require significant hands-on time. For instance, uh, a CCNA, which requires spending a lot of time with Cisco routers and switches. Um, your VCP, which requires a lot of hands-on with, um, you know, playing with ESX and virtual machines and the different settings that are in there. Even the goddamn administration of them, which is what kicked my butt on my mm -hmm. <laughs> still. Bitter. No, it was. <laughs> it's perfectly understandable without playing with yeah. it day in and day out. I mean, I only yeah. play with it in the form of a home lab, and that I feel was, at the very least, the bare minimum required for this. Yeah, um, and that's the thing. That's what always blows my mind. Is it seems that what certifications do offer is, say, you study something, even at a master levels, in something of interest, but your interests have expanded around new horizons that have come up, which inevitably do in technology. And you want to break into them, so how do you prove without getting another four-year degree that you have what it takes to learn it? You find a certification and try to bust it out in three to six months, and that gives you the, a little empirical reference on your resume, maybe like, see, I care about this enough to study it. Or and, see, I cared enough to study about it for six months. Which is... Enough <laughs> to get you started. I, I again, yeah. I mean, like I said, you know, I look at certs. I expect the person to, if I had to ask him a question about it, retain at the most fifty percent of the knowledge, unless it's a cert in what they do every day. So if you start seeing some people with some obscure certs, chances are they either did it in a former job and they're not doing it now. Or they might have just done it to pad their resume, you know, just like I was saying. There's a lot of certs out there um, that you can just bang out really quickly. 
so what's the point? Why why work on all these if you don't why work on all these certifications if you don't work on them day to day and you're saying that basically that they're padding, they're fluff. Well, what value do they add? Is it just Google hits like searching on monster.com like well, you never know when your current cushy job is going to disappear and you're going to have to find another one. With the way the economy is now and companies cutting 5 and 10% of their workforce at a whim, um, you know, no one's future is secure, I would say, um, even if you're an exec. Uh, yeah. So Let's stick to technical intro people like ourselves. Exactly. So, you know, you can always be looking for the next job um, in the form of where do you want to go, okay? And that's where I would say go and start doing your certifications in. If you want to be a sysadmin, then you would want to start taking those. You would want to take some Microsoft ones, you know, for Windows administration, um, some Red Hat certs for Linux, uh, CCNA for networking. Um, you know, you, you, you can round it all out with all sorts of basic entry-level certs and kind of give yourself an overview. Or you can get highly focused. Uh, you can just go up, say, the VMware track. You can get your VCP and then your VC, you know, DX and just go up along there. And some of those get uh, even more and more uh, involved and complicated. And they're almost like going for a master's. You have to... They're way harder than defend uh, defend arguments and everything to a panel. Yeah. Um, which is a lot like, right? you know, going for a PhD where you have to... You know, do your dissertation and prove a point. Yeah, it's interesting. It seems like technology came up with its own paradigm. It's like, ooh, we don't need the higher education system to prove that we know what we're talking about because the higher education system will always be behind the curve. So let me take you know, this a little bit here. So yeah, take it. I work with a lot of very, very smart guys, guys who have been doing Solera and Clarion uh, since their infant stage. Which and is what for those that aren't EMC centric like ourselves? It, it, you know, we're talking at least ten years here. But a Solera is a NAS system. A Clarion is a fiber channel based SAN. Just for background, keep going. Yep. So with that being said, there, um, there came a kind of an edict, um, something that was handed down from upper level management that basically said. Um, you guys need to have certifications to appease the bean counters. Um, so these guys who have been doing this stuff forever were basically forced to take your entry-level certs um, because on paper, they may have been doing it this for 10 good. years, they didn't look like they hadn't retained any knowledge. Okay, I get it that you're taking the side that there are some high-level bean counters who don't know the technology and are making the decision there, and that is seemingly a waste of very technical people's time. I'll take the opposite side just for the, the sake of the argument and say some of those people are heavily out of date, or maybe they still, when you're that deep into your career, you forget to appreciate how complex the, the simple things are and you start overlooking them, it's nice to have that reminder that you have to go back and you have to relearn some things that you're presuming you know all the way already. I'm going to drop a name here and you're going to change your tone. Go for it. 
So one of these people that was told that they had to do this because they didn't have any certs was redacted. But anyway, excuse <laughs> was my mentor on on Solera and Clarion integration, and is really good at shit. If you've ever had to call in for a Solera support issue, and the person that you're talking to doesn't quite know things, chances are they're talking to redacted. But doesn't have any like Clarion or technical certifications. So why is he the go-to guy if he doesn't have any in this? And this is the point we were trying to make, is that he has such a wealth of knowledge from doing it year in and year out, first doing Clarion side, then doing Solera side, that he doesn't need to get the certifications. He could go and do it. And in fact, he did. But the people above said... If you want to keep doing this, you have to get your certification. We had to make numbers where everyone had to get a certification every year. All right, I'll, I'll take the counter counterside again because it, say he wants to move at some point. Say he's one of the unlucky people that end up getting shaved off the numbers because somebody doesn't realize how valuable he is. He's going to have a resume of skills, but he's not going to have anything that shows his wealth of knowledge in the way that you and I know because he taught us things. That's maybe when he should go for his search because he could probably sit there and bang out some of the harder ones like they were, you know, Microsoft certs. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I am so sorry to anyone listening who works for Microsoft. <laughs> yeah, but we're sorry for different reasons. We had a good exploration of whether or not certifications are worth the energy you have to put into them to get. So, with that, any any thoughts to close out this introductory introduction to us? Well, I still think for your first job where you just don't know anyone, certifications or some sort of relevant standard of technical knowledge is required because you're not you need something to get your foot in the door and it's not going to be someone you know. Uh, who's going to get you in there because you've been doing this forever. Um, On the contrary, someone who's been doing this for 10 years, um, certs are still going to appease, you know, the higher-ups who don't know you. But to get your foot in the door, I think it's more who you know, who you've been working with in the field. And that's the heart of it for me. Certifications have a particular weight to them that is observed by those that don't know you, And it also gives you a foothold on a new opportunity, whether you are somebody who's non-technical busting into the high-tech industry or whether you're somebody who's looking to change focus. It gives you an opportunity for growth that might not be there without it. Which one you're going for, it's going to depend on what track you want to go after. There are very interesting ones in the security front. There are interesting ones in the virtualization front. Cloud computing is a new paradigm, and EMC has instantiated itself with its education system for that, whether you support it or not. And then there are ones specific to all sorts of different groups. So it's a matter of choice. It's a matter of a lot of energy and a decent amount of money if you're going to pay for it yourself. With that being said, though, there are organizations out there that are usually willing to help. Uh, one that comes to mind is the V-Trust. They're willing to help um, subsidize costs for certifications and training uh, to get more people with experience for this. So if you are looking to get out there, uh, there's a lot of um, 
discounts and things you can find. Uh, Microsoft offers usually several discounts through people um, where you can get these certs for 50% off. Uh, VMware was running a, a buy one, retake one, um, which is kind of damning in and of itself because they think that you're going to fail. Um, <laughs> but they're giving you a free retake, so it's not so bad. Yeah, that's not happening anymore. There's plenty of opportunities. We'll post some links to our favorite places for free education online and also for communities that will help you foster the technical skills you need in order to pass something as difficult as a VCP. But with that said, it's been a good, it's been a good round. Oh, it's been great. And tune in uh, for our next one where we talk about uh, building a home lab and a couple of different approaches to it. Absolutely, and we can try to resurrect the Frankenstein of, of shit I purchased online. Yeah. This has been Matt Brender and Sean Tuline for iTech, therefore I tool around. Cheers. <laughs>